Hello, today is Wednesday, June 17th, and you're listening to Jared Barnes Show. I'm your host, Jared Barnes. We're on YouTube, baby. Uh, yeah, this is the first YouTube episode. Quick round of applause for that. Okay, that's all we got. Um, yeah, today I got a good episode. I talk about, you know, what's going on in baseball, the NBA, the situation with that. Uh Congrats to Mike Shanahan and his, you know, huge new deal, uh, how a shortened preseason could affect undrafted rookies, things like that. I also give my top 10 fantasy tight ends for the upcoming 2020 season. And at the end of the episode, I talk about some new content I'm working on and details to a giveaway that I will be doing when I hit 1,000 followers on Instagram. Um... I will be giving away $100 to you, a listener, slash follower, slash subscriber. I will be posting how to enter into, you know, the giveaway. And there's uh, unlimited slots. It is $100 giveaway. And until I get to 1,000 followers, you can enter every single time there's a new episode released. But to hear the details, you're going to have to get to that part. And uh, shout out to you. Uh, Shout out to Kramer for joining me in the studio today. Uh, Really, this isn't much of a studio. This is actually my dining room. And I just taped my logos up on the back wall. Uh, Shout out Cal U, my school. And uh, yeah, if you're listening to the audio version, Make sure if you want to go check out the YouTube version and go do so. The link will be in the description below of the podcast. The link to all my socials will be in the description below to my Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all of that. Just click my link tree link. It's all going to be right there. It's a great way to organize it. Uh, They're not a sponsor. Just a great way to organize it. Just like Coke's not a sponsor. But if you're watching on YouTube, you can clearly see the Coke can sitting on my table. And you can clearly see Cosmo Kramer in the background. Shout out to you if you're listening. Shout out to you if you're watching. Thank you so much. Please make sure to write, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Do what you got to do. Let's just, honestly, let's just jump into it because I'm, I'm about over myself, hearing myself talk at this point. So let's just get into it. All right. You're uh, listening to the Jared Barnes Show, and I'm just going to jump right into what I want to talk about today. And the first thing I want to start with is, what is going on in baseball? Like, yesterday, Manfred said he is not optimistic that the 2020 season will be played. He's not, he's not hopeful that it's going to happen. And this news didn't come as shocking to me at all yesterday when it was announced. Because honestly, it has been a disastrous 2020 for baseball literally from the beginning of the year. Literally as soon as it seemed like we were finally getting past the Astros cheating scandal. Like, once we seemed like we were getting past it being the top story literally every day, baseball was sent 450 dead center by COVID-19 in this pandemic that has rocked the world and that the world has had to deal with. Negotiations between players, owners, and the league have not been good since day one as neither side 
has seemed to willingly try to find any middle ground, especially the owners. I still believe that there may be baseball in 2020, but it is starting to get hard to believe that there will be a season. Honestly, if a season doesn't happen this year with the state of the MLB currently and the MLB and the MLB Players Association going into CBA negotiations next season, it could honestly be a very bad time to, number one, be a baseball player, and number two, be a baseball diehard fan. Just because we could honestly see the beginning of the end for baseball professionally, at least Major League Baseball. I would hate to see this, but it's something that I actually, in my mind, believe could happen, and it really hurts me. It hurts me, in my mind, to actually think that. And I, I would never want to see baseball disappear. I would never want to see the MLB disappear, as it's been a gigantic part of really sport history, sports in general, my life, other people's lives. It'd be something I wouldn't know how to deal with. I don't think that would. I don't think that day is going to come. But if it continues down the stretch of road that we are heading down currently, I could see it as a possibility. Um, literally, I'm just a guy, a random little college kid talking into a microphone that doesn't know much about baseball. But with the things going on, I felt like I had to talk about it and needed to talk about it. I really wanted to talk about it. It's not that often that I actually want to talk about baseball. I'm not a big baseball guy, really. If I could talk about football and basketball every single episode, I probably would do that. But there's other sports, and I would like to cover them. And I'm sure you would like to hear me talk about them as well. Talking about other sports, I'm going to move into basketball now because Kyrie Irving lit the internet ablaze over the weekend when he came out and said he does not support the NBA's return in Orlando due to him and other players believing it will distract and take away from the strong Black Lives Matter movement that has been taking you know, a much larger push in this country. And it's, I mean, really, it's been a larger push than I believe I've ever seen in my lifetime. I'm only 20 years old. I've discussed this before. And, well, I can see where Kyrie is coming from. And also him being concerned about, you know, basketball being a distraction from the movement. I honestly think the world needs basketball right now. The world needs something positive, And basketball could be just that. All eyes will be on the NBA when games begin in Orlando because they're going to happen. I really do believe it is going to happen. The deadline for players to vote to decide whether they want to play or not is June 24th, which is today is the 17th. So that is seven days if I can do math, if I can do regular simple addition, seven days. But yeah, not, not a great mathematician, but moving on from that. When the games begin in Orlando, like I said, all eyes are going to be on it. All eyes. And Players could use this larger-than-life platform in which all games will be nationally televised to a huge audience across the world. Using that platform to support and encourage the movement is what I hope that the players ultimately decide on doing. Staying quiet isn't an option, and more people can be reached due to a platform that ESPN is going to give you possibly with these games. 
more than your Twitter or other social media or other ways you're thinking about doing this could reach because a player could possibly reach somebody watching these games that has never heard of them, has never heard them speak, has never cared to hear them speak, or doesn't care about their opinion and they're watching the game and they post-game press conference, halftime, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, halftime interview, whatever it may be. And this person that's watching the game could hear that player's opinion. Maybe it would change their mind. and Maybe they join the movement. And, you know, it's just a thought. But I personally do not agree that deciding not to play will be a good thing. I just don't. I think it's going to be best for – it's going to be best for the NBA. It's going to be best for sports fans for sure. Um, I maybe have selfish reasons on why I want them to play, and maybe maybe I'm not seeing it f- fully clear because you know this is a movement, this is a Black Lives Matter movement, and I'm slowly beginning to understand it more. And I was kind of slow to the movement to begin with. I've always stood with it. I said this, and I said this in the last episode. Always stood with it. Maybe all the time didn't understand it. Now I feel like I understand it more. This is still something maybe I don't understand to the full extent that I should. And this could be just. You know, a poor, poor thinking on my part, but I, I just don't see how not playing the games and not using this huge, gigantic platform that you may have to your to your ability, whatever it may be. And yeah, that's just that. That's uh, those are kind of two negative stories. Like, and there's been a lot of negativity in the world lately. And I just want to just hit on something positive here, real quick. I gotta get a drink. That is so good. Oh. By the way, if you're listening to the audio version, I'm sure you heard me say it a minute ago or a couple minutes ago in my intro. This is the first YouTube episode. I'm sure if you're watching on YouTube, you can clearly see me saying that. But this is an audio podcast that uh, I've just decided now to I just throw some video onto because I, why not, you know? But uh, I want to get to a positive story here and. The San Francisco 49ers gave head coach Mike Shanahan a new six-year, a massive six-year contract. And uh, it's a well-deserved deal. He and John Lynch have done a fantastic, phenomenal job rebuilding the 49ers and returning them to being a good football team in the NFL. Congratulations to him, and I hope he continues to do what he does because he is one of the smartest offensive minds in football. And I love and respect that he still believes in pounding the rock and running the ball. So best of luck to him and the 49ers as he is now locked down to being San Fran for quite some time. Now, that's exciting. I just lo- I love Mike Shanahan, what he has been able to do, the players he's been able to bring in, the draft, what he's been able to do in the draft the last few years and finding gems has just been absolutely insane. I mean, George Kittle and I believe the fourth or fifth round, and then he turned out to be this massively good tight end, taking his team to the Super Bowl now while he did kind of choke. The team choked itself, and it's, it's, it is what it is. But that is a team that could easily go back, easily. With that defense they have, that uh, that dominant rushing attack they have, 
they could easily be back in the Super Bowl next year, if not two, three years from now, and probably win one. So I'm just excited to watch San Fran progress in the future of San Fran. I mean, even though I am a Steeler fan, it'd be a shame if someone else caught the Steelers. It wasn't the Patriots, but hey, the Patriots already did it. So, I mean, it's not going to kill me to think, oh, they're getting close. Who cares? I mean, at this point, geez, you know. But something else I want to talk about before I get into my top five fantasy, fantasy players by position, and I talk about tight ends this week. Before I get to that, though, I want to discuss how I believe a shortened NFL preseason could possibly affect the 53-man roster, like the final 53-man roster, at the end of training camp. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I keep I keep getting a drink. I'm very thirsty. I had a very busy day, but back to the shortened preseason and how it could affect the final 53-man rosters. You know, a lot of there's a lot of undrafted rookies every single year. And you really never know what you're going to get with those. They could come in and be absolutely unprepared, completely not ready to be in the NFL whatsoever. And that could be why they get cut. Uh, They could shock you in the preseason, but maybe not shock you enough where you want to keep them, but you put them on your practice squad. And then there could be those undrafted rookies that wow you. I mean, really wow you in training camp and in the preseason games. But it kind of takes them all four games to like really be like, okay, this is this guy is definitely worth keeping. And honestly, I don't think the shortened preseason, like the games itself, will affect the fifty-three man roster. But if the training camp is shorter and done a different way, I do think there could possibly be a major effect on the, how the fifty-three man roster is shaped. You may not see as many undrafted rookies, possibly just because they're not going to get the reps they need to show that they could possibly be worth your time more than a you know two or three year four five year veteran whatever that may be and you could see a guy like Philip Lindsay Philip Lindsay was undrafted uh, just re- he was uh, two years ago recently undrafted uh, went to Denver ended up really shocking in the preseason and then Boom, just in the regular season, just you know, did what he did, and he was electric. But if the dude was not able to get as many reps in the preseason, does he do that in the regular season? It's very hard to tell, but I I could easily see how a shortened training camp could affect the final 52-man roster, but I don't think the games will because I've seen guys in games just play very well, and then I'm a Steeler fan. Like I've seen there was a wide receiver two years ago, Played very, very well in like two games and then just dropped off the last two and didn't make the final 53 man roster. Uh, there was a linebacker last year that I really loved, my brother really loved, and he played very well in the last two games, didn't really do anything in the first two, and was cut, then picked up by the Giants. As far as I know, he hasn't done anything there either. But I don't think the preseason games matter as much as people think they do at all. Um, I know they don't matter to the starters. Because a lot of the starters last year, there were certain teams where starters just didn't play a single preseason game. And some said they came came out flat. Um, yeah, I don't really believe in that at all. But it's whatever. It's, it's neither here nor there. I think preseason is absolutely pointless. I don't really watch it. Uh, that's a lie. That's a lie. I love watching football regardless of what it is. But preseason is tough to watch, but I'll still watch it just because it's football. But, yeah, 
it's kind of everything I wanted to cover today. So now I'm going to move into my final topic of the day, and I'm going to be doing these throughout the next couple episodes. I'm not like the biggest fantasy guy. I really love playing it. So I'm, maybe I'm possibly looking into starting a league here. There'll be probably more details coming within the next, I don't know, two weeks. I don't know. We'll see. This could be something that I say now and never go back to. But I'm looking to maybe start a league with some of you, the listeners, and some of you, like the followers of my page. So if you would be interested, you know, shoot me a DM at BB Sports Media on Instagram, at BB Sports Media one on Twitter, wherever you want to reach me at. You can reach me on my personal at uh, Jared under Barnes too, whatever you want to do. Either one works. It's whatever. Uh, I just knocked that off my table. I don't really have a studio. I'm sure you saw that. I'm actually recording this at my at my dining room table. And uh, shout out Cosmo Kramer uh, joining me in the studio today. Uh, that's a treat for you YouTube listeners. But uh, yeah, moving on to my top five fantasy players by position for the upcoming season. And today's episode, we're going to be talking tight ends. And I will give you my rankings of who I think will be the top 10 tight ends in fantasy. One to well, 10 to 1 is how we're going to do it. And we're going to start with 10. And at number 10, I have Mike Gusecki from Miami. Now, Gusecki is a straight baller. I loved him at Penn State. And I think that this is the year he could take over down there at tight end. He hasn't done a whole lot in most leagues to be considered a, a number one starting caliber tight end. I don't think ever. And really this year I could see him making that jump, making that leap. Just, I mean, he's at, he's got such great athletic ability. And I expect and hope for very good production out of Gesicki. And honestly, I could see him making his way up this list. He, I'm putting him at 10. But if he does what I know he can do, I could see him very easily climbing this lift if he is given the ball enough. Now he comes in at 10. At number 9, I have Jared Cook of New Orleans. Now, being in an offense where Drew Brees is your quarterback, Michael Thomas is out wide, and you also have Emmanuel Sanders and Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield, could honestly hurt your chances of getting the ball. And I think having, you know, Thomas Sanders and Kamara on the field, along with Cook at tight end, it could really spread the defense and it could really spread it out, and especially now that Sanders is there. I think Sanders is really key in this. The, the defense could honestly have to be spread completely out now. And that could leave Cook wide open in the middle quite often in the upcoming season. Now, this is just me speculating. I haven't watched any film on it, any film. I don't know if you can really watch film because Sanders hasn't been there, but hindsight, whatever, you know. And Brees has always loved big-body receivers. Like he had Marcus Colston, then he had Jimmy Graham. He didn't really have anybody. They weren't that good. And then he got Michael Thomas, and they turned out to be good again. So he just loves big body receivers, regardless of whether that be tight end or wide receiver. And I expect an okay amount of production from Cook, but having Sanders and Thomas on that offense do kind of hurt him, in my opinion. That's why I have him at nine. And at eight, I have a lot of people might disagree with this, but I have Rob Gronkowski. And after a year off of football, I expect a a lighter, healthier Gronk to make a little noise, especially considering that he is back with his best friend Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. That's only a plus for Gronk, 
and he could easily become the back the Bucks go-to red zone target if chemistry between Godwin, Evans, and Brady isn't 100% all there yet, just due to everything that's going on. At number seven, I have Hunter Henry of the Chargers. If he can remain fully healthy, Henry can be one of the best tight ends, not only in fantasy, but just in football in general. The quarterback situation, though, in L.A. could dictate how well or poor Henry does, but I still do expect a decent amount of production from him, regardless of whether it's Tyrod, Easton Stick, or Justin Herbert. At number five, I have Zach Ertz. Sorry, I kind of lost my place. Um, I, I didn't want to put Ertz this high. I kind of did because I just know that he's going to ha- get the ball a lot. But he's he's on the decline, in my opinion. Um, he's a great athlete, good tight end. But with Dallas Goddard slowly on the rise and Ertz getting older, I don't expect a typical like Ertz-type season out of him like we're used to seeing. That being said, I still expect him to be a solid starter in fantasy just due to the lack of depth at the tight end position. I mean, there's not a whole lot there. There's some guys, but there's not like consistent guys. There's like three or four consistent guys, and then that's really about it. After that, it's kind of hit or miss, shot in the dark. At number four, I have Evan Ingram. He's another one of them hit or miss, shot in the dark kind of guys. But with the Giants offense fully healthy, Daniel Jones has a lot has a lot of options to throw the ball football to. He's got Darius Slayton. He's got Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, Barkley at the backfield. A lot of options. Ingram and Shepard, though, are likely going to be his top options other than Saquon out of the backfield. So just expect a decent amount of production from Ingram just because he's also going to be a little bit of a veteran, but he's still very young and athletic. So he's pretty fast for a tight end too. So this could be the year he, you know, really just stock just rises for him. But he was at, he's at number four, not number four. Number five, I think. Well, I'm, I'm, I didn't number this list at all. Literally just put their names. So I'm struggling here. He's at five, I think. One, two, three, four. Yeah, he's at five. Ertz is at six. Uh, Evan Ingram's at five. At number four, I have Darren Waller. Um, Carr and Gruden just love tight ends. And Waller is an athlete. And at times, he can be a mismatch nightmare but also at times just disappear completely. I had him last year in fantasy. He did that multiple times when I needed him, and I would lose weeks after weeks after weeks, partly due to the fact that my tight end would put up like zero production, and then the next week put up like 20 points. So he is hit or miss, but he will get a lot of targets. He's going to get a lot of looks his way. But like I said, be hit or miss on occasion. So don't fully rely on him to, you know, win your league, you know. But I'm still kind of salty at him because I, I last couple of years I've only had Darren Waller and Jared Cooks at tight end, and they were so hit or miss for me that it just turned out not to be great for me, especially two years ago. But that's neither here nor there. At number three, I have Mark Andrews. Andrews is now for sure going to be the tight end that gets the most targets on the Ravens. He was already that, but with Hayden Hurst gone, I expect Andrews to get even more looks just because there's no longer those three very good tight ends. There's just two. 
And, you know, I don't fully trust him, but that could be because I don't fully trust Lamar Jackson. But that offense that the Ravens run works, and in it, they like tight ends. So expect big things from Andrews as he's going to get more targets than he probably already had last year. That's my prediction for Andrews. At number two, I have Travis Kelsey because playing with the best thrower of the football that I have ever seen in my life does literally seriously help him. Um, He is Mahomes' safety blanket and is always there when needed, plus his athleticism makes him a mismatch nightmare against almost every linebacker that he plays against. So I expect another 1,000-yard season from him. And if he's used in the red zone more often, you can see a huge jump from the 2019 season just because last year he didn't have a whole lot of touchdowns, got a lot of catches, though, and yards, so he was great for PPR league. And, yeah, at number one, it's pretty obvious, George Kittle. Uh, he's the best tight end in the league, hands down. He's one of the hardest people to tackle in the entire league. He's one of the toughest individuals in the entire league that plays a skill position. And after a loss in the Super Bowl, I expect Kittle to come out with a fire underneath him. Having Jimmy G as his quarterback kind of helps him because uh, I believe in Jimmy G. Not everybody else does. Uh, Jimmy G is not the greatest quarterback there is. And he likes to maybe throw the ball short. And Kittle could be that guy to do it. So, yeah. But having Shanahan, who loves him to death, um, as his coach helps him as well. That that offense likes to throw to tight ends. Even when Kittle was hurt, they were still throwing to the backup tight end. Who's honestly I can't remember the guy's name. Kind of shocked me at how good he was as well. One I saw him play, but I expect another huge season out of Kittle. Uh, if you could get points for pancakes, dude, probably would dominate in fantasy. Wouldn't nobody'd even be close. But sadly, that's not a thing. So he is the best blocking tight end. I think there is. He's the best overall tight end, best receiving tight end, blocking, whatever it may be. He is the best, hands down. That is George Kittle. So to review my list, my top 10 fantasy tight ends are as followed. Number 10, Mike Jacecki from Miami. Number 9, Jared Cook, Oakland Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders. Choked on that one. At number 8, I have Rob Gronkowski of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. At Number seven, I have Hunter Henry of the Los Angeles Chargers. Didn't screw that one up. At number six, I have Zach Ertz of the Philadelphia Eagles. At number five, Evan Ingram of the New York Giants. At number four, Darren Waller. Wow, I screwed up on Jared Cook. I said he's the Las Vegas Raiders. He's in the New Orleans Saints. I'm an idiot. Wow. <laughs> screwed that up. Darren Waller of the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Mark Andrews of the Baltimore Ravens at three. At number two, I have Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs. And at number one, I have George Kittle of the San Francisco 49ers. That was my top 10 fantasy tight ends. So, yeah. That is literally pretty much all I have for you today. There's not a whole lot going on in the sports world right now. Not a whole lot that's really piqued my interest um, uh, besides the MLB stuff. Uh, everything's kind of starting to get repetitive to me, and I just cannot wait for the return of some live sports. The Nothing's really getting me by. Um, and, yeah, working on some new content to, po- to post on my Instagram, in case you're wondering. 
Uh, there's going to be some top 10 lists coming. Uh, not ones that I'm making up my own, but just like the last former 10, like ACC champions, ICC champions, stuff like that. Former, you know, last 10 Rose Bowl victories, last 10 NBA MVPs, last 10, you know, just a bunch of uh, last 10 lists, um, other things like that. Um, you know, working on that kind of stuff. Looking into doing a giveaway also. So here's going to be the rules. I just came up with this in my head, actually, when I said it. To be entered into the giveaway, you're going to have to follow my Instagram, my Twitter, my YouTube. Um, to be entered into the, to the giveaway, you need to send me a screenshot on my tweet me on my Twitter of a screenshot of you listening. Hashtag um so what should this hashtag be? I am listening, Jared. That's not the hashtag, that's a terrible hashtag. Uh hashtag hashtag BB Sports Media. Hashtag the Jared Barnes Show. Just hashtag both of those. Tell me what you're you know, what you're listening to, what you think. Uh Show me that you subscribe to both of those. I'll throw you into a giveaway for $100 uh, that I'll cash app you uh, once I get to 1,000 followers. So you can be entered as many times as possible. Every time there's a new episode released of my podcast until I get to 1,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, just come up with that in my, idea, in my head. So we're going to run that back. A giveaway. This is how you qualify to be entered into the giveaway. You have to follow my Twitter, follow my Instagram, subscribe to my YouTube, send me a screenshot of you listening to my episode, hashtag the Jared Barnes show, hashtag BB sports media. Um, I'll see that enter your name in the giveaway as many new episodes as there are until I get to a thousand followers on Instagram. Um, you can be, you can be entered that many times. So if there's like, seven new episodes uh you can be entered in that seven times if you really felt like it for your chance to win 100 dollars. i'm also working on some some merch i'm looking into doing that and i'm looking into designing some t-shirts doing it on my own so that could be coming within the next month i'm going to try to launch a website by july 13th i'm going to try to launch a website so be on the lookout for that and uh yeah, that's all I got for today. If you enjoyed the episode, hit that subscribe button, follow the podcast, whatever you got to do, uh, leave a review, rate and review the podcast, uh, hit the like button on the YouTube video, definitely do that, hit the subscribe button on the YouTube, go follow my socials, do all that stuff. Thanks for, to Kramer for joining me today on the episode, even though he didn't say nothing. Uh, shout out to Coke. Cherry, this thing was banging. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm out. Thanks. BB Sports Media.